Today on episode 97 of the Home of Play podcast, God of War is killing it on the PC. Dying Light 2 Studio backpedals a little bit, and the Battlefield 2042 community continues to get angry over the state of the game. All that and more. Let's get some intro. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to episode 97 of the Home of Play podcast, where every Monday, the two best friends join forces to give you the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we are the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Steven. With me, I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself, Christopher. Hello, hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast. We don't include any of that bias or paid for opinion stuff that you do not need here. This allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually need or want to know. All of our content is free for your joy at your leisure. We only ask you to help support the show by subscribing to the Home of Play podcast, telling your friends, family, and the Vikings about the show, and they can find us on all your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing. It's all because you love the gaming homies, helping to spread the cause with the power of word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints, please send any of those to our email address, homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com, and then we can read your questions on the show or alone in private while we discuss the God of War just owning uh, the PC, like uh, Chris said in the intro. So, before we get all our news articles today, I believe we should talk about what we've been doing this last week, and we will start with Chris as usual. Nothing too much uh, new. I know i become a repeated record, but I'm kind of into the repetitive multiplayer games that I've been playing, but uh, lots of TFT as usual. Uh, PUBG, uh, that game just went free to play, so there's a whole bunch of new people joining that community to destroy. <laughs> So that's been uh, not too bad uh, for people who own the game. Originally, it looks like that you get free per premium currency, which is kind of nice. So I was able to buy a couple of moats. I bought the Matrix Dodge, you know, where you lean back and dodge bullets. It's, it's pretty cool. I don't know if it works. I haven't tried it in a live situation, but it probably doesn't work. Um, other than that, I've been playing lots of Gloomhaven, uh, tabletop version and the digital Steam version. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just so into that game. It's, I just love it. It's, it's great. It's great. If you don't know what Gloomhaven is, take a look at it. It's a massive board game. Uh, I highly recommend it. If anything, tabletop simulator is a good version of it. Uh, there's a good modded version, I guess, or added version, whatever you call it. Uh, that does a pretty good job. Uh, we do use a companion app with it to track some of the stats, but it works really well once you get in the flow. And if you don't want to do that and you want it done all automatically, you could download the, the Steam version, which is great as well. Uh, the only other thing I did that was new, and it was actually new yesterday, which is uh, I convinced a couple people in my gaming group to pick up Project Zomboid. Uh, I saw that the game finally added multiplayer mode, which is interesting. Uh, so I, I haven't played it before, but I've heard a lot about it in the past. So I tried that yesterday. I definitely died a couple times. I lost a couple characters. You can't get it overly attached because you will lose them because it's really tough. Um, but I'm starting to figure things out, you know, kind of noobish, but, you know, I'm gotten decent at the combat. I can usually take a couple zombies on at a time without getting hit. Uh, I got a good flow for the combat. The hardest part is finding a freaking weapon that's useful, so... Um, you know, just learning things, you know, rip clothing up so you get like, you know, bandages that you can use. They're not the best bandages, obviously, but they, they'll work in a pinch if you're dying. Uh, currently, I think the character I left last night was had a major neck wound. <laughs> it was bleeding out. So the only thing that was literally keeping me alive was a dirty bandage wrapped around my neck. But yeah, I'm that character. I can't remember. I don't think I died, but he's it's not looking good. Outlook does not look good. 
So possibly dead on the inside already. So. Probably, yeah. Surprisingly, a major neck wound. I'm not infected though. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I'm bleeding out. But yeah, so I'm not sure if there's a way to fix that or if time will fix that. But every time I try to change the bandage, I bleed out more. So I, I, I don't know. I don't think the character's gonna make it. So, but having a lot of fun with it. Uh, when the, the one buddy that picked it up actually set up a server for it. So we have our own persistent server, which is really cool. So you could, uh, like, if you can't find each other, eventually you'll find one another just because you'll come across, like, piles of dead bodies in places. So it's like, I feel like one, one of my buddies has been in this location before. So that's kind of neat. Um, looking forward to getting more into that. So that's pretty much been my ga uh, gaming week in a nutshell. I haven't really, I turned the console on briefly. I saw nobody else was on. And I'm like, not that I would play anything multiplayer right now anyway on the console, but I just didn't feel like playing Deathloop or anything really, so. That's a perfect 10 out of 10 game. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's a wiener. <laughs> but yeah, that's been my week. How about you, Steve? My week has been very stale as well. I think I'm just still in that rut where I don't know what's going to happen until like, you know, February starts actually giving us games. But currently I just, I think I was so bored on Wednesday that I, like yourself, I turn on the console. I, you know, glaze through the deals and to see, you know, if there was anything new, nothing that interests me. But, you know, again, the problem always is I've probably already purchased everything I want. So then I moved on and I was like, what else can I do? Oh my gosh, I'm so bored. I'm so desperate. And I did something I didn't think I'd ever do. And that was download Halo Infinite on my PC and give the free multiplayer a try because I had nothing to lose. It's free. And I just downloaded from Steam. And I played about five rounds of that until I realized, yeah, it's Halo. And, you know, that speaks to the people that enjoy it. I understand that. But it's just not my type of first-person shooter, which I'm not even the biggest first-person shooter guy out there. But I definitely just don't love the whole pick up everything and like even the one that surprised me the most was the grappling hook uh addition i thought would be treated a little better but it's also a consumable for some reason so you have to run around you you basically have to memorize these maps to figure out where any of the weapons are and i kind of just said balls to that and decided to just run around and uh, i found out the ultimate combo in halo is pop pop punch and I ended up being like, I haven't played a Halo and I kid you not, I haven't played a Halo since the original Xbox. Uh, I think it was Halo 2. And uh, somehow I was like top three of every round I played. And it was all because just pop up punch. Apparently that's all you have to do in Halo to be a god. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was fine. It was whatever. It's just a little underwhelming. I thought the grappling hook would be way cooler and. I know I my games were having issues with population. For some reason, I just couldn't find a full game to save my life. So I don't know if that speaks to how it's doing on PC. Uh, you know, I'm a little confused. I thought it was doing a lot better than that. Uh, or I was just having weird server issues, and maybe I just couldn't find a server that was full. But whatever. It was an experience, and uh, I already uninstalled it. But, you know, I, I you know the one I will try to be positive, it... it performed you know i was playing it at like 130 some frames per second i had everything set to high so i will say like it's refreshing to see a game come out especially a first person shooter and actually work so it, you know through all my criticisms there's still something nice to be said you know so there you go i'll balance it out yeah i'd say the game definitely functions 100 percent. so and considering it's free it really makes battlefield look that much worse <laughs> it's like you know yeah 
And I can confirm his uh, score because he did send me a screenshot of his scoreboard. I, I was because I was <laughs> like, excited. nobody's going to believe. Yeah, no one's going to believe that this actually happened. So I better take pictures. I was doing pretty good myself on uh, when I tried it before you, I think the week or two before you. And uh, my, my problem, I think, with it was just it, the progression. It doesn't there doesn't feel like you're progressing oh, yeah. to anything like there's yeah. there's like a battle pass sort of thing. And. <laughs> You're progressing into buying the battle pass. Pretty much. <laughs> like, you, you get, you earn your currency so slow, which they've mentioned before, but whatever. And then the things you get are kind of meh. And it's like, there's just no, I don't know what it is. Maybe I like the idea of like Call of Duty where you're unlocking attachments and skins and, you know, leveling up the gun, that type of stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Halo is definitely. Hit the ground running in the beginning, that's for sure. It's set the standard for FPSs, but I feel like it hasn't evolved as much as others, unfortunately. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's the biggest thing holding me back is it just feels like it was, you know, it's lost to an older time. And I'll give it the story. Trying to come back. I'll give it the story. Stories like whatever. If you like a Halo story, uh, the little bit that I played of it, uh, Mm. I'm sure you'll like this one too. So that you'll have. I didn't. And that, yeah, I won't even speak to that because I just tried the multiplayer. Yeah. I will also say I thought the maps were a little too generic. Um, they very, they felt very much like a Halo map that I remember from Halo 2. It's very small, compact, but then they try to put like three levels on it, which like, you know, you can almost predict the maps at this point. And uh, so I was a little bored of that too. And it just, uh, yeah, there's a few matches that just didn't work for me because in my opinion, capture the flag, it's not fun with only four versus four because my games wouldn't fill up um but whatever you know like i said it ran uh it's my first time playing a game over 120 frames per second you know because even the ps5 it's somewhat capable but i just don't have a game that takes advantage of that yet mm-hmm. so it was interesting to experience that finally Th- thank you my little pc and uh other than that yeah, that's basically everything i did so i think we should get into where we synchronize and we get into the, the news. news. Dialight 2 Studio clarifies 500 plus hour length claim following backlash. This one comes from VGC. On Saturday, the game's official Twitter account claimed, in quotes, to fully complete Dialight 2, stay human, you'll need at least 500 hours, almost as long as it would take to walk from Warsaw to Madrid. Uh, now Techland has posted another tweet exploring, or sorry, explaining that the main story itself is only 20 hours in length. Uh, 20 hours to complete the main story, 8 hours to finish the main story and all side quests, and then your 500 hours to max out, in air quotes, the game with all choices and endings, checking every place on the map, every do- dialogue, and finding every collectible. That uh, seems like they're kind of scraping for, <laughs> you know, that- and it, it's and it doesn't make sense to me. Sorry, I, I'm not trying to cut you off, but it just doesn't make sense to me in the sense that, um, you know, like, who are you speaking to? Like, I don't think anyone wants to hear 500 hours. Like, if you get 100 hours in a game, I-, I can't speak for everyone. Obviously, there's there's certain games like Destiny where I have put in 250 hours. But, like, that's a lot of time. You know, and for me, most games, as soon as I hit an hour to a little over an hour, like, let's say Persona 5, I'm pretty done with that game. I, I don't, I'm never like, oh, I wish I had 400 more hours. <laughs> yeah. Like, are we... Sure, I can believe the 20, 80 hours. I would, in all honesty, I would say 80 hours is probably the actual limit. That's probably where you could probably do everything. 
500 mm-hmm. hours to max out everything and do all the choices and endings. So they're talking about like, I don't know how many endings the game has, but is there 15 different endings? Because <laughs> 500 hours, like, you tell me this game's going to be like three times bigger than The Witcher? Three? Like, uh, no, it's not. That one, The Witcher 3 is one of my games where it's like, I literally, it's just a single player game. And yeah. I had almost like 200 hours on that game with all the DLCs. They're saying 500 hours on an FPS shooter game to collect, get all the collectibles. I don't know. I feel like this, that's if you're watching like a bot play where they're just walking in random directions, picking up stuff. Cause that, that's just too much. I feel like 100 of those hours is probably just trying to find one stray NPC like cat and then you just click on it and the dialogue's like meow and that's your like last piece of dialogue. <laughs> that's your hint. <laughs> yeah, he's just hidden in like the corner of the world that you'll never find. 100 hours wasted finding him. Like I'd like to hope that there's a game that has like enough like 500 hours, but this is like we're talking a single player game, right? Like this isn't a multiplayer yep. co-op experience where the game's going to evolve, there's going to be raids, there's like that kind of stuff to go for. So 500 hours is very unrealistic unless they're talking about like the game having like 15 different endings and eight different choices when you're talking to somebody or something like that and you want to see every choice it's not going to happen yeah i just think marketing dropped the ball in this one and i don't think they realized like you know we can kind of see through yeah. some of these numbers we're getting in the last few years and i i, I think that's exactly what's happening yeah. here and I, I am happy they came back and clarified yep. like this is a legit story don't worry it's only 20 hours if you want a straight mainline but then up to 80, which I think these are perfect numbers. These yeah. are the numbers oh, yeah. you should have used from the start. 80 is the number. I like, because I know a lot of people, especially in the industry, they seem to like shorter games, uh, shorter hours in their games right now. But to give me the choice of, you know, four, times that by four, then it's like, oh, that's great. Like, then it gives everyone kind of a, a slice that maybe they'll enjoy and their time in that game they can control, which is good. It's all good. Yeah. But we're going to move on to the continuation of the story that Dying Light 2's uh, developer promises at least five years of post-launch content. This one comes from VGC as well. It wrote on Friday, want to know what will happen after the premiere? We guarantee to expand the world of Dying Light 2 Stay Human for at least five years post-launch with new stories, location, in-game events, and all the fun stuff you love. So not a lot to talk about there, but it's interesting when we're already talking about a game that claimed to do 500 hours and uh, now you get another five years of content, supposedly. They're making it sound like a, like a Destiny or something like that, but I don't get that. It's a single-player game. So five years, does that mean in two years there's an expansion and then another two years, another expansion? Like I, I mean, good. That's good. You want to see people working on the game, but five years seems like a long time for a, a single-player experience. But does it? Because I just Googled it while you were talking, and the original one came out in 2015. So maybe oh, they were they have adding to content for five years into that game? No, but now you know if you have to wait another seven years for a sequel, that at least you'll have something to play. You, you heard until. it here first. Dying Light Three is coming out in five to seven years. Yeah, look forward to it in twenty thirty. Congrats! It's gone golden twenty twenty nine. Oh man! <laughs> so we'll move on again. PlayStation is phasing out PS Now gift cards amid speculation of Game Pass style like service. This one comes from IGN, 
Chris. Following reports that PlayStation is asking UK retailers to begin removing PS Now retail cards, PlayStation has confirmed that it is streamlining its gift card offerings. According to a message sent out by game store retailers to staff, UK stores were asked to remove PlayStation Now subscription cards by January 21st. In a statement to IGN, PlayStation says, Globally, we are moving from PlayStation Now gift cards to focus on our current cash denomination, PlayStation gift cards, which can be redeemed for PlayStation Now. So I don't know. I never had these gift cards for PlayStation Now, mostly because I didn't care about the service. But were they like month to month subscription cards or were they a cur- like actual like currency of something like $50 worth of PlayStation Now? I can only speculate, honestly. And I believe there's probably options just like you have with PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. So I assume you probably had month, month, month. maybe three months in a year. Again, I'm speculating. I could be totally wrong, but I I just have a hard time believing they're wasting cards for like one month of PlayStation now, especially when they probably want you to commit a little bit more than one month. So at minimum, they had to be three months. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying one month is impossible, but I would assume you'd want three months to a year. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the I could big, be wrong the big takeaway from this is that we should be expecting some changes, hopefully, with PlayStation Now service over the next month or two then. And and that's, I think, the main headline of this is that it's not so much about, oh, no, like grab your cards now for a service, a service that's basically going to be dead in the water real soon. Yeah. Um, but more about getting us hyped because, yeah, it does seem that this could be coming in sooner than later. You know, there are these rumors going around that uh, there might be some PlayStation shows coming, uh, mm-hmm. state of plays in february i'm hearing rumors that there might even be two like one in february and one either earlier like slightly earlier or slightly later but not too far in between and it could be you know i i definitely think one's going to be another here's horizon like you haven't seen enough of this game yet and then i think the other might and this is again pure speculation but the other one might actually talk about this new service and then maybe it is coming out sooner than we think yeah the th- i don't the think i'm not gonna system. tell anyone yeah, and I'm not going to tell anyone that's coming out in February. I I don't honestly, I I have a hard time believing they would release this that close to uh, Horizon. I think they'd want to give it its own spot and you know let everyone get psyched for that, play that, and then maybe when excitement is dwindling after that, then you come back with another great announcement like this, um, and just give it some room to breathe, basically. So yeah, we'll have to see how it all like you know falls out, but. Sounds pretty cool to me. I'm excited to see what the service is. I'm excited to, you know, even though a lot of people are trying to tear it apart online and whine about this three-tiered service, I'm like, yeah, I might do it. I will see. It depends what the offerings are, right? Like, I'm not going to blindly say I'm, you know, a diehard fan of this service that doesn't exist yet, so. Yeah. No, I think I'm looking forward to the new service to see what what kind of things. Like, there's so many things, right? Like, there's there's things we talked about in the past about, like, what's going to happen with Crunchyroll? Are they going to you know combine a pass with that at some point are they gonna you know do something with netflix and then maybe combine a pass with that and there's so many options that could be coming that's just i i hope it's more some like something special but then again it could just be something basic you know your playstation Mm -hmm. plus you know playstation plus and playstation now and whatever the third option is some uh, retro game pass to old playstation games or something so I'm excited yeah. to see what comes from it, but yeah, PlayStation now, like as it's as it was, was not a service for you or I, because uh, like I said, like we've said in the past, if there was a game that we really wanted to play, 
we would have already owned it probably at that point. Uh, and the PlayStation Now would be like, I think PlayStation Now might be good for maybe more of a casual gamer because then it's just a pay for the membership and you have access to tons of different games to jump between. That could, well, especially could be now with the the downloadable PS4 games. Yeah. So um, I, I feel like it's better now than it's ever been. When I first tried it, I think it only had PS3 games still. And, you know, obviously that means just streaming. And at the time, I didn't have the internet speed I have now. So I just, you know, there's some little latency issues. It wasn't the worst experience I've ever had, but it just wasn't great. And it, it worked on some games like RPGs. The latency didn't kill me so much, but there's definitely other like I think I tried a Mortal Kombat and you, you can't play that game with latency. So. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we'll move on yet again. God of War's director says PlayStation developers badgered Sony to bring their games to PC. This comes from VGC. So in a quote from Corey Barlog, he said, in quotes, I think it was uh, the collective of studios all over saying that this is a really good idea. We should be looking into this, he replied. Eventually, I think it reached that tipping point when we had sent so many suggestion box suggestions that they were like, I'm tired of hearing this. Fine, we'll do this. So not a lot here, Chris, just kind of interesting to see the inner workings behind Sony and, you know, possibly why this finally came to PC. I do. This isn't part of the article, but, you know, I think it should be included in the conversation. I'm a little concerned with all the stuff I'm hearing. There was a really bad Forbes article, in my opinion, where a gaming journalist, I'm not going to name him, but he kind of came out and said, this is why and uh playstation should do this for every game and playstation should be day and date like all their games with pc like everyone else and i just have a hard time understanding that someone in the games journal like games journalism for that long couldn't understand that like how sony stayed so relevant and it's all you mainly i think almost unanimously people would say it's because they're first party titles and if you can't understand that restricting it to your home console will increase your sales like I, I don't know you know I don't know what to tell you like that just seems like a no-brainer I get that like other people that may never ever defer from PC games it's not great for them I, I totally understand that but that's not what Sony's trying to get then that's not their market like their clientele you know like I it's just kind of like when I was reading, I'm just like, I like, can you not understand what's happening here? <laughs> like, Microsoft is working in a totally different strategy. It, you know, especially if they are going for the streaming cloud service, they just want you on anything. And especially with Game Pass being available on PC. So it's like you can't really com- compare Sony's plans with Microsoft's because yeah. they have different end goals. Well, and they, Microsoft also makes their money on the fact that you own a PC so they're getting money from other avenues, not just console or gaming specifically. So uh, yeah. that's yeah, pretty interesting article that you're talking about because it's like, yeah, like you're, like you're saying, it's, it's, it's a totally different environment on how they make and design and develop the games too. Like yeah. Microsoft, they, they do a console, but they have the support to also give for PC. Sony doesn't have that. They they have definitely developers that can do things on PC, but it's not as easy as a transition than it is for Microsoft. Oh, and for sure. And I, I just think, yeah, I feel with God of War, as as great as it is to see the praise the PC port's getting, to mm-hmm. see players that may, who never played this game before, are getting to experience it now. Unfortunately, yeah, in the background, you're getting these conversations like, well, this is why Sony should be bringing everything out day and date and yada, yada. And it's just like, 
I'm happy you guys are getting it, but again, at the same time, I think me and you are both supporters of not even necessarily like as two years or three years uh a gap between you know the initial release and the PC port. I'm okay with even just one, but I still think Sony needs to keep some things in house and it just makes sense for their ecosystem. And I don't like anyone else who is arguing with that. I would have to assume that they have an agenda and they just don't want to buy or have restriction issues with PS fives and so on. And like, like that basically. In, in fact, I'd almost argue too, that Sony makes more money doing this delay, this gap, because having it like a two year gap, let's say it's two years mm. for me. I like for a top first party game, I probably played that first party game back on console within the first three months, maybe let's say. So mm-hmm. two years later, because I'm also a PC gamer and you know, I like playing games on PC too. I could see myself. It's like, Hey, the game shows up on sale sometime, maybe on PC, maybe I'll want to mm-hmm. replay the game on PC. Cause let's be honest. The first party games are all great. They're all fun. They're all worth playing multiple times. So I almost argue that they make more money in that sense because then I'm well, buying it twice now. <laughs> so. Well, and we know for a fact that Curtis bought a PS5 for Ragnarok. Yeah. Because he knew it wasn't going to be on PC. If that game came on PC, I can guarantee you Curtis wouldn't have bought a PS5. Yeah. No, for sure. So, And I don't think he's the only one like that. I think there's certain people that see Spider-Man, see God of War, see Last of Us, and that's what drives them to get the console because they so badly want to play this game. It's the same reason that people buy Switch. I guarantee you Switch would have way less sales, except for the diehard mobile people, obviously. But I think if they put, like, Breath of the Wild and, you know, their staple games on PC, it'd be the same reason. So I don't... It's just interesting to me that you don't hear the conversation angled towards Nintendo. Yeah. It's like, they're fine with that. They're like, oh, yeah, keep your stuff, you know? So anyway, before we spend too much time on that one, let's get to the next one. Hitman Trilogy bundles all games on PS5, PS4 as IO Interactive adds new modes. This one comes from Bush Square. The Hitman Trilogy is launching on the PlayStation 5 and 4 on January 20th. The elusive Target Arcade is launching later this month as well. This takes the existing elusive Target missions that have been added to the title over the years and meshes them together, creating brand new multi-kill objectives for you to work through. While these will be permanent additions to the game, you'll get one attempt each day to execute your strategy. Then later in the spring, the developer will roll out Freelancer Mode, which grants you the keys to Agent 47's safe house. You'll be able to customize your home as you see fit, purchasing furniture, and (laughs) I'm picturing Agent 47, you know, designing his house and (laughs) doing... On a chaise lounge. Like, yeah. Purchasing furniture and decorations to get your own personal look. From the safe house, you'll be able to take on roguelike-esque contracts, which will see you traveling around the world erasing shady organizations. This will all be rounded out by a new map later in the year, codenamed Rocky. And while there's no specific mention of where this will be set yet, a few brief scenes taken from IO Interactive's reveal video show a beach-like environment at nighttime under the shadow of a storm. Well, Chris, this sounds interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I am a Hitman supporter. I feel I always feel bad because I never finish a Hitman just because the episodic nature of these Uh, I know the second one, I think, released all the content at the same time, if I'm not mistaken. The third one did the same, but they're still meant to be played multiple times in the same level. So you can dump like a crazy amount of hours in these games. And so I never seem to get through them. And even the weirdest story, I'm sure I talked about this on the podcast before, but I kind of find it funny is when I think it was PlayStation Plus gave us Hitman 2 for free. 
But then Hitman 2 came with all of Hitman 1. So then I remember like, oh, I never finished 1. So I ended up downloading 2, trying to play more place, uh, Hitman 1's like levels. And then I, and when I finally was done two. with it, I never actually played 2 at all. <laughs> like, And I, I have a, 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 I don't know, I guess my thought is I'm scared that, you know, if I buy 3, I'm just going to end up starting 2 because I'll feel like <laughs> I missed something. And then I'll never get to 3. But I do love these games. I think they're super fun. They're super innovative. and I look forward to seeing what this is. Uh, you know, I think we added in this article too that they did talk about the Hitman re- reboot trilogy is getting a PC VR support next week. So we already knew there was VR support for the third game, I believe, and now they're going to add it for the whole trilogy, which is just crazy. Another VR um, game, I think we will see in the future come to PSVR two. So I'm kind of excited to wait and hopefully be able to play this on that as well because I've heard good things about that VR mode. And then on top of that note, I should also add that apparently this trilogy might come day one to Xbox Game Pass. So it's a, which, you know, normally I kind of like stick my tongue out too. But in this case, I'm like, you know what, with them going independent, leaving Square Enix or like not using them as a publisher anymore, getting to retain the rights to this series, they probably don't have a crap ton of money. And even though I think it still did fairly well, I'm sure they're not like the lights aren't flickering because they're about to lose power. I just think I'm like, okay, I, I kind of understand why you guys would do this and it's fine. I'll still support you by paying real money <laughs> and not 33 cents a, a month. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a big fan of the Hitman series in a way. The more recent trilogy, which I mean, maybe that's what people know more. Uh, I just haven't gotten into it as much. The first one, because of the episodic nature, I just, it didn't interest me as much. I think the second and third one did remedy that, but I haven't had the interest to go back yet to go for that anyway but all the original hitmans i freaking love them hitman 2 you know blood money there's i can't even name them all there are so many but i had a lot of fun with those older ones so i'm i'm happy to see this series is doing some interesting things yeah Mm -hmm. i'm excited to see this i think this is a a good bundle to throw together uh, especially with all the new modes and everything so it's almost like a game of year edition without it being Uh, a game of year edition (laughs) And then I guess the other thing I should note, too, is I do believe the holiday sales still going on. And so if you're interested in Hitman 3, I think it's on a, a really good deal. Like, I'm actually thinking after this recording, I might pick it up just then I'll have all three games, really, because yeah. if two gives me one and two and then I have three. Boom. I have the trilogy already and I'll pay a fraction of the price. <laughs> True. So moving on to another fun, very fun article. Battlefield 2042's community is so irate, its subreddit may be closed. This one comes from Push Square. Moderators of the game subreddit are posting an ultimatum. Turn down the toxicity or the page will be closed. Things bubbled over recently when Global Communications bigwig Andy McNamara tweeted that the game had taken a Christmas break and was just getting back to work. In quotes, love you guys, but the expectations are brutal, he said. The things you want take time to scope, design, and execute. As you can imagine, these messages didn't go well, and McMamara uh, has since apologized, but the community remains angered by the state of the game, which has prompted its subreddit moderation team to step in. In quotes here, Over the past few days, we have seen insults, harassment, and vile comments directed towards members of our community and DICE employees. A pin post saying, we are making this this statement to give you fair warning that we will not tolerate this anymore. So, Chris, 
apparently it's not a good idea to poke the bears. No. Uh, it's not a great idea to... I just... I do have some sympathy that if you were a small developer, part of a giant team, and it's obviously not directly your fault for the state of this game, and you're forced to work on it, you're trying to fix it, I do get the pressures, and this game sounds like it needs a lot still, so I kind of understand the quote, but at the same time, when you're Andy, and you're speaking for that whole development team, and you're speaking on a game that you released broken, do you, and maybe I'll ask this to you, Chris, do you have the right to ask for people to calm down when you inherently released a broken game? Yeah. And maybe we can argue that that's not the correct thing to do either? I, I don't think so. Um, the problem is so much bigger than just a, you know, it was his call type thing. Like, the publishers are s- trying to push these games out yearly or at least every other year. And there's such a time crunch and there's so many deadlines for them to do. And they themselves know that these games probably aren't functioning 100% properly. They have to know at this point. So, but they're getting pressure put on them to release these games because, you know, they got to make their budgets, they got to make their quarterlies, all that kind of crap. So, should he say this out loud? It didn't need to be said. Uh, there should have been like a proper, you know, every company has their media department type thing that should be doing this. And I don't know if he is. It sounds like he might have been the guy, but he definitely didn't proofread or take a look at it a little bit, take a step back. But mm-hmm. I just want to point out that like you can be articulate and say what's wrong with the game. There are very good posts on the Reddit that say everything that's wrong with the game that needs to be worked on. When you start going and attacking these people and harassing community members, because I mean, you guys got to understand there's people out there that are going to say, I love the game. There's just, they're out there. People are going to say that even if the game's broken and you know, the game's broken, there's people that are going to say they love the game. And this is the best battlefield since ever. It's just people are going to say that. That's that's why I always say like you could sell anything on like uh, eBay or something. I, I could take a piece of crumpled paper, throw it on eBay. If I price it right, people are going to buy it. It's just it, like you got to understand that it, it, it's just it is what it is. Be articulate. Say what's wrong with the game. Put it out there. People agree. Or if somebody's already posted what you think, put it out there. Just don't go and harass these people because it's like. And then you just you just bring them down and they already know the problem and they have upper pressures on them. So, yeah, I don't know. It sucks. It definitely sucks. And uh, just for a little more clarification, uh, we've also found out this week that Steam breaks its refund policy to appease Battlefield 2042 players. And you might still be able to get a refund for Battlefield 2042, even if you bought it more than two weeks ago. So another unprecedented move. And it just kind of speaks volumes of how poorly this game's doing, or at least performing. Uh, And it's a little disheartening. Like, again, I I agree with Chris. I don't know if we should be attacking individual developers or people that represent those developers. But mainly, maybe we go after DICE as a whole, or we talk about EA allowing this and not looking into any of it. Like, I guess my issue is that this is not the first broken battlefield. In fact, I talk about it all the time that Battlefield 4 was one of my favorite battlefields, but when that came out, it was right between the transition of PS3 to PS4, 
And the big move to PS4 was that you were supposed to be able to have this giant 64-player battlefield. That mode alone did not work on the PS4 properly, 100% for probably over a year. It's kind of inexcusable. And then you get Battlefield 5. Didn't come out as broken as this, but I know their battle, um, battle Royale mode, that's what it was, was broken to all hell when that came out as well. And that even came out later because it was so broken they couldn't release it at launch like they wanted to. So this is just a consistent thing that we're getting from DICE, and it always brings up my issue that maybe no one should be using the Frostbite engine. Maybe this is a garbage engine. I know EA doesn't want to give money to Unreal. I know they don't want to do all these other things, but then start a new engine. I'm sorry. Like you can't, this is kind of like how people used to always talk about telltale games and be like, we love your, your concepts, but you know, the rollout's never great. There's always these glitches, these graphical things, and you guys need to up your engine and they never did it. And unfortunately, I think that's a huge part to why telltale ended the way it did. And this might be the story of dice as well. Uh, no, I think secretly Telltale uh, wanted those eyeball characters where it was just the floaty eyeballs to be in all the games. So there's a crossover character. Well, and they must have wanted the crashing just to test to see if our TVs were still <laughs> awake or something. Because I remember Batman crashing on me like oh, yeah. four times in one episode. It was brutal. chapter four. I think it was that, yes, there was a lot yeah. that was in like the prison or whatever. And like all the prisoners was just floaty eyeballs. It was so bad. <laughs> Maybe that was uh, oh. Scarecrow Gas. <laughs> Twisted Metal Reboot reportedly switches developer to a Sony first-party studio. This one comes from IGN. In a report by VGC, sources told the outlet that a reboot of the Car Combat series is still in the cards, but that it is no longer being developed by UK-based studio Lucid Games, which created PS5-exclusive Destruction All-Stars, and instead has been handed over to one of its first-party studios in Europe. VGC states the, that the sources providing the information did not give a reason for Sony's change to developer, though one person did suggest that the mixed reception to Destruction All-Stars could have factored into the decision. So I could totally see this being a problem because Destruction All-Stars, I don't think, did that well. No. Like, I, I, I look at it and it's like, do I want to try this? And then I'm like, nah. Like, I just don't feel like I want to try it. It looks okay. It looks adequate, but it's not, it's not my type of racing or destruction derby type game. So, well, and another, like, I forgot about this fact, but Push Square actually talked about it and they brought up the fact that, like, you're right, it didn't do well and they knew it wasn't going to do well because if you remember, that wasn't supposed to be a free to play game. Yeah. That was going to be a full price game at launch and it wasn't anymore. So it kind of speaks to, the sense that Sony probably looked at this and was like, mm, I don't think this is going to help us. And like, you know, I think the best way they could turn around is like, okay, it's not going to be the greatest game ever, but Hey, we're going to give you a free PS five game in February. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. That's definitely the better so, call for publicity anyway, just to make yeah, it a free my, game. My only concern here is that I, although like, I think this was the right move. It's always concerning to hear mid-development a switch you know it's like uh we brought up uh vampire the masquerade 2 you know when you hear that they just outright take a property from one developer and give it to the next it's just you know how long does that take do you have to completely restart can you actually build upon it if there's something there and hopefully there is like so hopefully there's the, the core of it was still something you could work with but 
you know, it could also mean we're not going to see this game for, oh man, like if it's in a bad shape, you could be looking another two to three years. Mm -hmm. So a couple other twisted metal tidbits to know about. Uh, Yeah, there was a lot of twisted metal news this week. In 2019, it was announced that a twisted metal TV show was in the works. So that's something to, I think, look forward to. Uh, I'm not sure. I imagine we don't know if it's animated or if it's no it's live action is it live action I think okay it's supposed, yeah it's supposed to have anthony mackie if i'm correct oh okay and will arnett somehow tied to this it's supposed to be almost like a dark comedy okay uh another thing to note is that vgc has followed up on its story that the twisted reboot is now at a playstation first party studio with a report that fire sprite is said to be the playstation studios team in charge of the reboot so that's interesting to know. So this is ex- exciting. You know, it's one of the new recently acquired studios mm-hmm. for, for PlayStation. We already know they kind of have their hands full because last week we talked about how they're doing the Horizon VR game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a very busy <laughs> development oh, yeah. now. And to make another connection, you know, driving, that type of thing, as spotted by Resetera user Matt Southern, the director of various MotorStorm games, plus the original pitcher for Drive Club, has this month left his role as game director at Lucid to take on the same role at Fire Sprite. So now this is speculation, but a lot of people are thinking it seems kind of, you know, too, it's too coincidental to like not kind of connect these as, okay, he's probably going to be helping them with Twisted Metal. You know, you go from, uh, I don't, I don't know exactly what to classify MotorStorm as, but I would assume it seems like, you know, a grungy racer, which would make sense and translate nicely to Twisted Metal. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I again, that part speculation, but it, it kind of seems like a no-brainer in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So a lot of stuff going on for Twisted Metal this week. That is for freaking sure. Mm-hmm. But more exciting news, if you like Armored Robot stuff, we have Armored Core game allegedly revealed along with leaked screenshots. This one comes from IGN. Reset Era's Red Licorice shared that they recently finished a consumer survey about, in quotes, a new Armored Core game with description, screenshots, and two 30-second-ish videos of gameplay. The first, a boss fight, and the second, more in-world gameplay, a snow area. They were unable to share any screenshots as they are all unique ID'd watermarked, but alleged screenshots have since been circulation circulating on social media. In the meantime, a description was provided of the rumored game. The game is described as a third-person shooter mecha action title that lets you move around an overwhelmingly scaled map that represents a unique sci-fi world with dynamic mech action. It is also said that the aforementioned sci-fi world is created by Hidetaka Mizaki himself. Red Licorice continued to say that the boss fight they saw was quite soulsy. Oh, really? Quite soulsy, and that the short glimpse of gameplay hinted at the possibility of co-op, Chris. So there you go, Chris. I don't know if you have a long lineage with Armored Core games like I do, but it's, this totally makes sense to me. Uh, as soon as I heard of Miyazaki, I was like, oh yeah, Armored Core was always always hard as hell, and uh, <laughs> so that kind of makes sense that he would want to have his fingers in this. And it's, you know, it's a long-standing from software game. I think it's one of the original ones they ever made. And it's interesting to see it try to come back. I have a hard time understanding how they're going to do it. You know, I, as someone who used to love it, especially on the PS2, I just have a, I, I just don't know how you can make it. It just, every time they try to bring it back, Chris, it just was held back 
by its own gameplay and it's just they could never figure out the spice of making that thing perform well and feel like you're getting that transition from you know ps2 to ps3 and so on and i think that was always the failure and why it just would never catch on again yeah for me armored core was never a series i played i was never into the mech robot scene like i'm not I don't, I don't want to compare it to Transformers, but that type of thing. I'm not into like the mechanized robot stuff. Uh, my only dip of the toe was maybe MechWarrior 3 and its expansion. I think that's like really the only one I played. And I had a lot of fun with that one. But I think that's, I don't know how different those two series are for Armored Core. Like Armored Core, I think, is a lot more simpler and more actiony than a, me- a Mech Warrior, where it's like every single button on your keyboard does something. <laughs> Don't I think Armor Core is more about the customization and you know that kind of aspect mm. of it. Very basic missions. I don't know. Like I said, it it just never played well. Like at the time of like late PlayStation, early PS2, it it was fine for that era. But afterwards, like it just never changed. Honestly, it felt like you were playing the same game. I like the idea of co-op. So I'll keep an eye on it yep. just because of that. Because I don't think it's something I'd play by myself, but a Soulsy mecha game to play with you, I think that would be fun. I'd be into it. Yeah, honestly, if they can update it and revolutionize like how it feels and plays, I'm down for this. And I'm honestly a little excited. So I look forward to seeing more. But until then, we found out Respawn's new single-player game is reportedly an FPS built around mobility and style. This one comes from VGC. And this one also gives me PTSD of Titanfall. Is that not the description of Titanfall? Anyone? (laughs) Respawn's upcoming single-player game is reportedly a first-person shooter. According to Games Beat's sources, the title is being built around the guiding principles of mobility and style. But it isn't a Titanfall sequel. The site claims the studio will spend another year or so prototyping concepts for the game, with the plan being to release it in 2024 or 2025. That seems ambitious. Respawn confirmed last July that it was developing a new single-player adventure game. Job ads build it as a designer's dream playground with a freedom to innovate made possible by the unique universe. So I, you know, I should say that like my comment wasn't to say that this was going to be a Titanfall sequel. My comment was just it sounds very similar to Titanfall in that description. Yeah. You know, what is Titanfall? but mobility right i i guess not so much the style aspect although i wouldn't say lack yeah i wasn't saying lack style style, yeah yeah but i'm like unless this they're just you know the only thing i can think of for some reason is like a neon lit titanfall and they're like oh now it has style it's a totally different game um so anyway i i'm interested respawn seems to be seems to do good games um they you know it's, it's probably one of the best developers that ea has under them so i i have you know hope well, yeah, they got a good tra- track record, right? They got Apex Legends, which has got a lot of mobility and style in it as well. And then mm-hmm. they got, hey, the the winner that was Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order, right? So it's like mm-hmm. they've they've got a good track record. So I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that this will probably be a good one. Not that I want to even offer them benefit of the doubt, but it's like, yeah, it's probably going to be good. So. So, yeah, I don't know. At least we have the Jedi Fallen Order 2 as a buffer between the length it's going to take for this game to come out. So it's not too disheartening. So that's also nice. Uh, We also have a little more information. The creative director of Respawn's upcoming single player action game has left the company. And so they're referring to this game, by the way. 
Mohammed Alavi stated on his LinkedIn page on Tuesday that he was leaving to seek his next adventure. In quotes, today's bittersweet. I'm excited about my next adventure, but I'm sad about leaving behind a family. It is an end of an era. So as much as we're excited to see Respawn's next game, I guess the caveat is that it doesn't seem like it might be in a good place currently when your creative director who has almost you know ruling <laughs> authority over this it doesn't want to be a part of it anymore so i'm a little worried is that respawns upper management is that ea uh you know kind of interfering too much either way i mean i think it's still early enough that this doesn't mean it's completely doomed but it's not the greatest place to start a project. A Horizon Forbidden West build has leaked weeks before release. This one comes from VGC. On Monday, images of what was claimed to be the PS4 version of the PlayStation exclusive sequel began circulating on social media. VGC has since been told that the leaked build is indeed legitimate and other than some missing art assets contains the entire code content plan for the final game. Not a big one here, but just one I felt was important to add to the show to warn everybody that, you know, I don't think you're going to be bombarded by spoilers, but just be cautious as all hell if you don't want to get spoiled by this game or for this game, I should say. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we can move on. That doesn't have to be a huge thing. Sony has decided to keep making PS4 due to PS5 shortages. It's claimed this one comes from VGC as well. Sony has reportedly extended production of its last-gen PlayStation 4 console as PlayStation 5 remains in scarce supply due to component constraints. That's according to a new report by Bloomberg, which claims that the corporation had planned to stop making PS4 consoles last year, but has now told assembly partners it will continue making the console through 2022. The decision will see the creation of around 1 million PS4 units this year, it's claimed, and offset some of the pressure on the PlayStation 5 production, which requires more advanced chips. A Sony spokesperson confirmed PS4 production would continue this year. It is one of the best-selling consoles ever, and there is always crossover between generations, the company said. I don't know if this is going to help. Like, I think the thing is, is people want the PS5. Is there like a need for PlayStation 4s? I don't know. I think everybody that has a PlayStation no, no, 4 at this Chris. point... Chris, Chris, my, my friend, I love you. I love you to death. But you're you're absolutely wrong because if you want an OLED TV right now, nothing like a 4K OLED and it's not in stock, there's nothing better than being offered a plasma 1080p TV. <laughs> it just makes sense, right? You'll you'll just go down and you'll buy the cheaper 1080p TV to take care of your 4K needs. Yes, Chris, you're absolutely Thank right. You. This is stupid. I don't understand what's going on. I I just feel like I, I get it. You, I guess they figured they have to make something like I, I just when I read this, I was kind of like, oh, man, like either you think we're really stupid or it's the opposite. <laughs> and I just don't understand how they, this, you know, got through talks on the table. Honestly, I feel like this is offsetting people's PS4s that are breaking. And people have to rebuy it. <laughs> so I guess, is... <laughs> but would you even would would they even want to rebuy one though? Because if you're guaranteed no. that all your PS4 games work for PS5, would if your PS4 broke right now, would you not also just like try to get a PS5? Yeah, I, I don't understand the logic. It, there, I don't think there is logic beyond this. Because there, no, I think you're right on that. Because it's like right. if I want a PS5, and it's like, oh, there's no PS5s at the store. Oh, but there's a PS4. I mean, I already have one at home, but I should buy this PS4. <laughs> it's like. 
Like, it's it just to me, it's like, do they not understand that, like, a PS5 is a PS5 and a PS4 is a last-gen console? Like, are they trying to compare that there's, like, well, there's a Series X and a Series S? And I'm like, yeah, it's not, like, the Series S is a weird thing, and it's not, in my opinion, truly next-gen other than the fact that it has an SSD. But you guys trying to sell a PS4 like it's an Xbox One or Series S it's not the same thing. No. It's not apples to apples. Like a PS4 or sorry, PS5 discless to a PS5 with a disc is the same damn console. So it's like, it's just, it's so weird. And it's just, I don't know. The other thing I think we can take from this though, and the most concerning part, uh, <laughs> other than the weird ideas being tossed around at Sony is like, we're going to see cross generation games for way longer than we thought originally. And that is so upsetting to me. Yeah. Uh, I, right now, I'm just going to call it, but expect to see every first party game on PS4. If they're going to keep making PS4s right now, like, you're not going to do that with no games coming out for it. Yeah. At least another two years of this, probably. Yeah. I, yeah. You're probably right on with that. So. Look forward to Last of Us 3 on the PS4. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Updated PlayStation patent has fans and backwards compatibility frenzy, but it's a reach. This one comes from Push Square. A newly updated patent registered by PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 architect Mark Cerny currently has hopeful fans in a bit of a frenzy. Basically, it's a backwards compatibility patent, a way for PlayStation consoles to play games from previous generations meant for older hardware. It was very recently re-registered on the 6th of January, 2022, and is now doing the rounds on Twitter. Needless to say, the timing has everyone thinking that it has something to do with the heavily rumored PS Plus overhaul, which could supposedly include a premium tier that gives subscribers access to PS1, PS2, and PS3 titles on PS5. We should state, and this is an addition to the story, it was originally filed, this patent, sorry, was originally filed in 2015, before the launch of the PS4 Pro, detailing the way the PS4 games could run better on Sony's more powerful system. Likewise, it's described the kind of backwards compatibility that the PS5 is already capable of, namely its ability to play PS4 titles. So it does seem people kind of took something that sounded great and ran with it without actually reading the subtext. And yeah. the subtext seems like it's just a re-registration of the same patent. Yeah. I mean, I think they're also like trying to line up all the rumors together to say, hey, this is making more sense now, right? This whole t yeah. tier three of the PlayStation Plus subscription that'll give you access to all PlayStation 1, 2, and 3 games. They're trying to make the narrative line up and make sense. And I agree with them. It These rumors and things are all lining up to make sense. Is it going to happen? I, I, I hope. I think I would be willing to pay that extra fee to play some of those older games for sure uh, especially mm -hmm. if you like you get access to a whole database of them why not that sounds fantastic is that gonna happen i don't know well even in the morning before we hit the record button i i didn't include in this episode but there's even more weird things where people are noticing ps3 games on the ps5 store but instead of like sending you to playstation now it has like a price on it so a lot of people are also taking that and running with it and being like, oh, that's like another part of this patent and another part of the revised PlayStation Plus and all this stuff. And it's like, no, this has happened before. And again, I think it's a lot of people just looking for something that's not really there and just trying to make it fit. You know, it's like when you 
bend. Well, I'm not sure any psychopath does this, but you bend and break pieces to a puzzle just to make it fit. <laughs> if you do that, you're a crazy person and you should get checked up on. Um, but anyway, we got through all our news, Chris. That means it is time for review roundup. That's right. We're finally returning to review roundup. We haven't had anything to review in a long time. Uh, so we start this week with God of War for PC. It's sitting at a 93 critic score. We have 50 positive, one mixed. Uh, whoever mixed that is a crazy person, and I will be coming to your house real soon. <laughs> uh, then the user score doesn't have a score. It's just been released too recently. And then again, after that, we have Monster Hunter Rise on PC. This one comes at 87 critic score, 29 positive. And then on user score, it's 8.4 with uh, only seven reviews currently. But I'm sure that's going on strong. So that is all we had for review roundup this week. Again, wait till February. We're going to have a lot more stuff coming out in February. Uh, I'm looking forward to that month. That month is going to be Why? good on my tongue. Why? Why? Because I get dying light. I get dying light at the start. If I'm desperate enough, I get uh, Horizon in the middle. And if I'm just the luckiest person in the world, I get Elden Ring at the end. So mm -hmm. it is a good month mm. to have some consoles. Anyway, we're moving on to homework because we're basically done with the show. And what is homework? Homework is when we don't have enough time in the show to get through everything that happened this week. So we give you the article names, the headlines of those articles, where you can find those articles. And then guess what? You can go educate yourselves. So we're going to start with after being literally too popular to handle Fall Fantasy 14 is going back on sale later this month. That one comes from IGN and it's coming back January 25th, supposedly. Konami's debut NFT auction earned over $162,000. This one comes from VGC. You're my and, eye roll. Uh, yeah, I'm like, way to, uh, yeah, way to just steal from your fans for pictures that like you can right now go. I, I can't remember what site had one of the most expensive pieces. And you can just print screen on it, and then you have it too. And hooray! This isn't a Ponzi scheme sue at all. You. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, it's so dumb. Uh, God of War's PC attracted over sixty thousand concurrent Steam players on its release date. This one comes from VGC. That number is pretty impressive for a single player game. I mean, obviously, multiplayer yeah. games are higher than that, but for a single player game, and this is to point this out too, it is also one of the best PlayStation to PC uh games uh that's the highest number so far not not a lot of competition but oh and it also just sounds like it's one of the best ports that we've seen yeah like from a place well and from many honestly improved upon uh, it from what i'm hearing too yeah ultra wide support let's get it new ps5 controller colors available to buy now this one comes from push square troy baker is working with nfts but fans are unimpressed this one comes from ign what who would have thought troy baker would try to take your money Oh, but but his his counter argument is, but it's art, but it's art. I'm like, really? You guys released the Mona Lisa? You guys got some Van Goghs in there? Oh, you don't. You have crappy, uninspired pieces of dog turds that you just oh I, oh man, I can't even get into it. It's dog turds. You, and you don't want Troy Baker's sweet nothings in your air when you're going in your ear when you're going to sleep. Can you imagine, like, I own, like, what, a sense of him doing, like, a voice? ASMR. Like, I can record voices, too. Like, again, like, it's just, I don't know, nothing makes sense anymore, Chris. Just end me. And yet we still find NFT articles every week. Sega has registered a trademark in Japan for Sega NFT. Damn it! It got me again. <laughs> this one comes from VGC. Uh, take two has... <laughs> take two may have been hinted at... G GTA 6's planned release window. This one comes from VGC. 
uh, supposed to be arriving in March of 2042. <laughs> <laughs> Battlefield's got Chris again. It's <laughs> supposed to be arriving by March 2024, although who knows, that's a pretty big time jump. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 is no longer a game. It's just an NFT. It's, it's, it's an entity. <laughs> the Stalker 2 release date has been delayed by seven months. This one comes from VGC. Like we always say, take your time. Get it right. Hogwarts Legacy may not launch until 2023. It's claimed. This one comes from VGC. I take it back. We want it now. <laughs> I, if that game gets delayed into another year, I, I'm just going to be so distraught i man like i seen that original video i sent to you i think like two weeks ago so long ago like just (laughs) freaking release it like this is the true definition of development hell if it doesn't come out for yet another year so we got through all our homework we got through the entire show so yet again let me just say your time is the most valuable currency we appreciate that you spend any of that on us it humbles us it's amazing thank you and until next monday goodbye Bye, guys.